Hola amigos, here is the Weird World Podcast. Oh, that's a bilingual podcast. No, it's not. That's, you've exhausted my <laughs> Spanish. Donde esta? So, today, Carrie... Oh, I'm sorry, by, by the way, I'm Dean. I don't know if you are familiar with me. Yep, he's Dean. I'm Carrie. Carrie is going to tell us something a little bit strange. This is a story. You know, she doesn't like to do anything really supernatural or not. This is... So, don't expect that from her, but... This is, I think I know the story. Often she... Switches it up on you. Yeah, yeah, she does. I don't think she did, but I think I'm at least familiar with the story superficially, and did it's pretty strange. Did you identify us as the Weird World Podcast? I did. Oh, okay. Um, thanks for checking, though. <laughs> I don't remember that part. Carrie, start us off. I got a story for you, Dean. It's in the old-timey times of 1954. Okay. That is That does feel increasingly like old-timey times. It does. We're growing up old-timey meant... Probably at, like at least the 1920s, if not the 19th century. Yeah. Right? Now, For I wonder sure. if Gen Z, what do they define the beginning of old timey? That is the latest, you know, the decade or whatever that feels truly just old timey, weird, back and far off history. That Probably the 1980s. No, uh, <laughs> I don't think so because all the music sounds like the 1980s and 90s. How about well, do you remember music? in the 70s? Probably because of Happy Days, mm -hmm. the fifties seemed like so long ago. It was twenty years. I don't think that. Yeah, you're right. It, it did seem like it, it, anything before your life seemed like a long time ago, yes. but it didn't seem old timey. Oh, it seemed very old timey. Yeah, to me. I think of old timey as like just a different. You, they had cars. They had washing machines. Well, you know what I mean? Sure, I think of old timey but... as like, wow, your life was very different. Oh, that's what I think. And so I wonder what. Gen well, Z or whatever thinks of that. They might think that the 50s, I don't know. But Well, the 80s was very different to now mm -hmm. in terms of conveniences and what they have and what we didn't have, yeah. right? But, just, but I don't think it's like pre-internet or pre-cell phones as they think of as old time. I think that's too relatively recent, but I don't know. Let's ask one. If we had yeah. one here, we'd ask one, but <laughs> we don't. Okay, well, we're not going to talk about any of that kind no, of stuff, not. really. We are going to talk about the Robbers Cave Experiment. From 1954. From 1954. Very good name. I like it. I, I really like the Robbers Cave, too. However, this doesn't have anything to do with robbers or <sighs> caves. But a man named Mustafa Sharif. Okay. Say that with a question mark. Okay, because I'm not sure about the first name, how you exactly Let's go Mustafa. pronounce it. Wasn't that he, Simba's dad? Mustafa? Mufasa. Ah, damn it. Well, this Sharif was from Turkey, mm -hmm. and we could go into the whole Ottoman Empire and all that kind of stuff, but Please, he let's. grew up with lots of oh. war. Okay. Time of strife. He ended up coming to the United States When was he? Like early a young, 1900s? He was born in like 1905. Okay. So yeah. he was a child when World War I made the Ottoman Empire a thing at the yes. past. Okay. He ended up coming to the United States... And he ended up at Yale, so he mm. must have been pretty smart. Mm -hmm. And he was a, so he became um, the Bushes went to Yale, so mm. J.D. Vance went to Yale, so sure. But some young guy from Turkey probably didn't have a whole lot of connections getting him in. That's true. But who knows? He could have been some very fabulously wealthy family in Turkey. They're always looking for people going to donate. That's true. I don't know. But he became a social psychologist. Okay, so he probably was not from a fabulously wealthy family. And Good probably because of his 
early life and everything. He was a little bit preoccupied with war and social conditions and stuff like that. So he, well, actually, concurrently, or actually late 19th century, summer camps became a thing. Didn't know the history of summer camps. That was how, what, how, that was that? Late 19th century. Oh, that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, wasn't like Boy Scouting a big thing in England, like, around that time and become, around the turn of the century, it became a, you know. Probably. Back to nature kind of thing. Well, in the United States, there was a school teacher who thought that young men out of school on their summer holidays were really spending too much time being idle and influenced by their mothers. Oh, they're getting they're getting soft. They yep. become a mama's boys. Uh huh. Instead of doing you know constructive and productive manly work, it's true. So he and the dads were a wall the entire uh-huh. day at work, then the bar. So <laughs> I didn't even are their club get this guy's name because the story is not about him but so he this school teacher who i find is probably very misogynistic he set up the first summer camp and it was more of like character building back to nature working hard learning you know constructive skills that like kind of tug stuff. of war and i believe plaster fox prints i don't know i also believe rowing and i want to say pantsing the nerd See, I, I think it was less of that. It was more probably like, let's build a cabin and, oh. you know, learn how to make a fire. And it seems very much more back to nature and and living off the land kind yeah. of stuff than, than canoeing and archery. And it wasn't just fun summer activities. Kind of Boy Scouting. I think that's how Boy Scouting started too. But then they needed to have something, some reason to have something on the patches. So that's when they said, "Hey, we can have a canoe patch and an archery patch and a rowing patch and all that kind of thing." That's I, 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 that's my theory of the evolution of the Boy Scouts. It's completely non-factually based. Yeah, well, I that th- was my least favorite thing about Girl Scout camp. You went to Girl Scout camp one time in fourth grade. That's early. I hated it, and my oh. mom signed us up for like the Mother Nature camp where we had to make our own meals. Oof. Like you had to scramble your own eggs on a cook fire. Oh my God, that's <laughs> brutal. I was 10. You could kill your own game and skin it. I it, wanted hot dogs and it. hamburgers in the mess hall with all the other girls. What did you eat? I don't remember. <laughs> I'll bet you had hot dogs and hamburgers. We got we got hot dogs the first night in the mess hall. Mm. And from then on, we were on our own. The parents left. They closed the doors and say, now it really begins. Did the mean girls, were the mean girls mean to you? No, I was with my sister and my best friend. Okay. We shared a camp or a a tent. We didn't get, I wanted bunk beds in a cabin. We didn't get that either. We had to sleep in a tent. This is an abusive childhood you're describing at this point. This is a very, very unprivileged Childhood that you're describing there. I mean, you didn't get a bunk bed, Carrie. I know. You're lucky to be alive. Never went back. Ever. Still wanted to find out. In fifth grade, you put your foot down. I'm not going. <laughs> I will run away into the mountains. I don't care. Did I still need to know what kind of food you ate? If I mean, what if it wasn't hampers? What was? You know, they're not sure when you possum stew. They're not catching raccoons. We'll have oh. to ask my sister. Uh, probably whatever is simple for fourth grade girls to cook over a campfire i feel like that's bacon and eggs yeah i don't remember (laughs) okay back to the robber's cave story so in the 30s and 40s psychologists kind of 
got interested in summer camps because they felt they were like natural laboratories mm. <laughs> of people taken out of, you know, their city or normal society environments and thrust into, you know, different group structures and, you know, so they could go observe, you know, social interactions mm -hmm. in a different environment. Exactly. And I think they're right, aren't they? And how groups form and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're absolutely right. Sure they are. So they were using, uh, so then they also kind of became interested in how they could use summer camps as a means to build a better society by teaching young people good leadership skills and conflict resolution and all that kind of stuff, which, sure, I suppose. And you do that through human experimentation. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, that sounds like a good psychologist to me. So our pal Sharif, I'm going to use his last name. Because you don't know if it's Mustafa or Mustafa. Yeah, okay. gets involved because at some point he's invited by some other researcher to observe kids natural behavior in this a camp. Is sounding creepy. In a summer camp setting. Okay. Because that's what they're doing. They're just observing, right? We're just here to watch the kids. <laughs> well, he he found it interesting, but he thought, hmm. We could I, drill holes in the tents and I watch them outside unobserved. I could use a boys' summer camp a little bit differently than mm. these researchers are. This is Sharif. This is Sharif. Okay. All right. So he goes, he's not quite as passive as Correct. they are. They're just watching, seeing what happened. Let's check out what happens. Let's mm -hmm. see how the kids interact. He's like, um, you know what? Let's help them along. Well, he gets $38,000 in funding from the Rockefeller It's like $14 Foundation. million dollars today, isn't it? It's $430,000 okay. today. It's in the ballpark. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's some change. So, 1954, Robber's Cave is a state park in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Named because it was supposedly the hiding place for Jesse James and Bill Starr and other outlaws. I don't know. Oklahoma, for those of you who remember from the episodes about the, um, oh, God damn it, the family that killed everybody. Damn it. The Benders. The Benders. Remember that Oklahoma was in the 19th, into 1907 was Native American territory. Took it away from it because they found out it had oil and gold and things like that. So yep. they said, nope, ours now. And it was, actually did have a long history of being sort of a no man's land and having very, very lax law enforcement. Yes, I do recall that from the Benders yes. episode. Okay, interesting. Well, so it makes sense. So now there be there's a Robbers Cave State Park. And so in June of 1954, 12 11-year-old boys pull up in the big yellow school bus. They're, That's it? They're Twelve? from, at this point, Okay, they're from Oklahoma City. And mm, big city. they're there for a three-week-long summer camp. Yay, fun. Urban, going from the sprawling urbanity <laughs> of Oklahoma City in 1950, or the 1950s, population yeah. well over 10,000, to <laughs> a rural, okay, what kind of, you know, is this like forested hill country kind of area do you know it probably is probably it's not real oklahoma doesn't have what we in california would think of as mountains but they do have pretty rugged hilly yeah forested i'm sure there's some areas. hills and lakes yeah. and okay i do know it was hot sure in the summer mm -hmm. yeah oklahoma again for those of you who don't know was pretty much right smack dab in the middle of the united states yeah and these boys didn't know each other before getting on the bus, going to camp. But they did really become good friends 
on the bus, which I could imagine they on the ride to the park. And at first, these 12 boys had the entire park to themselves or the entire, you know, camp where they were. So they were having lots of fun, hiking, canoeing, swimming. And do you have any idea what the excuse they use? I'm assuming they were, this is paid for and they were sort of given. Yes, it was free. So I wonder what they, hey, you won a lottery. I didn't remember Henry. No, trust us. You won this, you won this free camp trip. They must have had some I'll I'll talk about it. A little bit later okay. in more detail, but yeah, the the kids were identified. They Sharif wanted them all to be from a very similar background because okay. they wanted to control for for things like religion and yeah. family income and thing like that, things like that. So they were all white, middle class, Protestant kids in the early days of experiments in social science. Uh-huh. They did have it's called matching. Is before they really discovered that randomization was the way to go. And so they yeah. do sampling. So what they would try to do, rather than today, they would assign you to the experiment or the control group by purely random, random randomization. Back yeah. then, they try to match. They would do exactly what you mm-hmm. said. They tried, okay, we want to we want to control for those factors by matching to those factors and and sometimes making them generalizable to the larger population. But at the very least, they control those those, those factors like you just said. Yeah. That way, it's the pioneering yeah. days of social psychology. Yes. Which is what they did. So these boys had no idea how they were selected or why they were selected or that it was any certain kind of, they had no clue it was an experiment. They were just going to camp. And they were also kids whose, while they were middle class, they did, you know, look for families on the lower end of the income Mm. scale so that they would be more apt to send their kids away on this free camp because- they wouldn't normally have been able to afford it. Still, that's the right way to do it. Because these days, most experiments, again, in the social sciences are, what, college students who know full where they're doing something. They're yes. told they're almost always lied to about what the experiment is about, but they know something. Yeah. It's very, it's a not a very realistic environment. This is perfect because they don't know there's anything yes. going on whatsoever, and it's just we're going to a camp. But this couldn't be done today. No, probably not. <laughs> for other reasons. It's too bad. I'm looking at this most, mostly from a methodological yes. standpoint, and it's great. But so anyway, this first group of 12 boys, while they're out frolicking and having fun, they see some snakes and they think hey let's come up with a name We're, let's call ourselves the rattlers uh-huh. so this group these 12 boys are the rattlers i like it so like i said these kids had no idea that they were part of this social psychology experiment this is where i was going to talk about it so uh let me see what else we talked about this oh the the fact that you know the the parents initially got this you know invitation Hey, you, you've been selected for this camp. It was on University of Oklahoma letterhead. Mm-hmm. So it had kind of that air of authority and, and kind of respectability. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, it was free. Oh, he emphasized in this letter that the idea was to learn leadership skills and that it was to the parents. I think it, he did kind of mention it was to study leadership skills in kids, hmm. but not that it was. They never used the word experiment or anything like yeah. that. So the kid, the parents knew their kids were going to be observed by the social psychologist. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I do think, you know if they told the, their kids this? So the kids may have known? There no, was... the kids didn't know. Okay. They were, so lie to your children. Yes. Is, okay. I like and this. It's the 50s. The parents were also told, please don't come visit the camp. 
because <laughs> again that would be could you these imagine days, today hey we're gonna take your kids we're gonna give you a free a kids a free camping trip they will be observed do not visit yeah that would be a I bunch mean, of little boys yeah that would be no thanks but it'd be an immediate investigation and the reason why they asked the parents not to visit was because they they didn't want to encourage homesickness mm. they thought if the kids see their parents you know they'll want to go home okay and as you might imagine, there were no ethics review boards at this time, <laughs> which exist uh, now. This is in the MK Ultra era. Yes. So now. So the, the the kids and the parents really didn't know that it was an experiment. And the the staff at the camp who were researchers, like research assistants of Sharif's, they would even like read the outgoing mail that hmm. the campers were sending home because Jeez. yeah. They, they also wanted to, yeah, they wanted probably to see what the kids were writing, but they also didn't want any kid to write, hey, come get me or yeah. please visit or Okay, so like would that. they have intervened or did they intervene if they got it, found a letter that said, please come get me, I, I don't can't know. stay here, they rip it up. Yeah, but they probably would have. <laughs> no, give me a letter, Billy. I'll make sure your parents get it. This is sinister. This <laughs> yeah, could it, be made into a horror movie. It, it sounds horrible. You can make this very dark. While the Rattlers were having a, a, a grand old time. What they didn't know was that there was a second group of 12, 11-year-olds at thought, Robbers Cave State Park. I thought you were going to say they were being dosed with acid. Was, <laughs> no. Sorry. This other group were recruited just like they mm. were. They were part of Sharif's little setup, and they were like a mile away on the other side of the park. Different having, campground, completely different. Yep, having their fun. whatever. Camp counselors. And... They coincidentally had named themselves the Eagles. So we've got mm. the Rattlers on one end, the Eagles on the other. That's intriguing because Eagles eat Rattlers, yeah. I think. Did they have a camp counselor named Did they both have a camp counselor named Randy who wore shorts a little too short for comfort? And sometimes you could see his balls when he sat down. Is I that, have no idea. I'm assuming that they both had that kind of a person. So while they were each on their own side, the the counselors would give them like cooperative tasks to do, like cooking. They had to improve a swimming hole and and then playing sports and stuff like that. Cooking. So, it's a yeah. little surprising given the impetus for, for this camp thing was to not make the kids, you know, more mama's boys. Back in those days, cooking was not seen as a manly endeavor. Well, guys got to eat too. Okay. All right. So... They had kind of bonded each of them into their own cohesive units, but but they had different kind of group identities. The Rattlers were tough, brave, stoic, and cursed a lot. Was this the description from the psychologist, or was this their own self-description of themselves? Do you know? Oh, no, I'm sure it was from the researchers. Okay, so yeah. they're observing them, and they're uh -huh. saying these are their characteristics. Yes. Okay. And the eagles were caring, considerate, and cooperative. Was there any manipulation to tend them toward one way or the other? You know what I mean? Was one sort of was one was one group kind of like your camp hell from your nightmare <laughs> in fourth grade, or and the other group was you know treated a little more softly, or did they just that just naturally happen? I don't think so, but I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, yeah, I don't know for sure. Okay. Around the fifth day. The groups are told, hey, guess what? <laughs> There's another group of boys on the other side of the park. So in five days, they're ready. Yep. Okay. 
So they've bonded. Yeah. They're all pretty much friends and having a great time. I mean, when you're an eagle, you're an eagle. For yes. Okay. And they so, were sashaying. They had knives. They were in Queens or Spanish Harlem. I'm not sure. The groups kind of immediately want to compete against each other, which is a good thing because this is exactly what mm-hmm. Sharif wanted to happen. In fact, they had arranged for like a series of contests between the groups and the winning team was going to get a prize. And Sharif believed that this competition would cause hostility between the groups. I feel like little did he know is going to be said here at some point. His theory was that prejudice and conflict arises between groups because they're competing for limited resources Uh, in society uh, and normal not normal, but in the yeah. general population Larger of people. society. This was his thesis, and he's yes. trying to see this kind of writ small to yes. prove out his hypothesis. And he also wanted to prove that this hostility is reversible mm. when you're no longer competing for limited resources, but you have to groups have to come together to solve a common problem. Okay, so they're like the Joker, and they lock the door with three people and say this one job, and what happens happens. Mustafa is the Joker in this scenario. <laughs> yes. So like early on, the Rattlers claimed the baseball diamond as their territory, and they made a flag and hung it and made a sign that said, keep off, and they hung it on the backstop. Hmm. And the adults had arranged for there to be 16 events yeah. over the next four days. So in this case, though, it's this competition, these events, and some kind of a prize. It's yeah. not scarce resources, though. Correct? No, but when you're 11. I, what they should be doing is there's only enough water for one camp. The winner well, of this contest <laughs> gets, gets the, the water. Food and water. The other camp. The other camp. Well, if they want to <laughs> test scarce resources, they should be testing scarce resources, not just some kids' competition. Well, now I, this is my first methodological problem with the experiment. Okay, well. So here's what the events are going to be. There's going to be three baseball games, three tug-of-wars, a a touch football game, three tent pitchings. Not sure how how fast can you pitch a tent, maybe? Okay. Oh, so it's not waking up in the morning. Okay, got it. How old are these kids again? 11. Okay. Daily cabin inspections, a contest of skits and songs. I was a little less objective. I've got some soft shoe. I can get a solid five minutes. We're in. Let's do this. And then a treasure hunt, which sounds like fun. I can do a tight five minutes. Can I open up? So the winners of the competitions were going to get, I think it's of overall, not from each thing, I think. Sure. So like they're accumulating accumulating points. Yeah. They were going to, so yeah, they was going to be keeping points. We want, I, I like this. It's kind of like a um, battle of the network stars uh-huh. scenario. Okay. Yep. So the winners were going to get medals, which sure, they were also going to get these special four-bladed pocket knives. <gasps> that sounds safe. Yeah. And today it'd be an AR-15. <sighs> Lord. And the losers were getting nothing. That's at least a little bit of scarce resources. That's a little, that's yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. So, I still like denying them food and water, but fine. It's terrible. The groups quickly devolved into warring tribes. Mm. And on the base, the, so the first thing was going to be a baseball game. When they got there, they it immediately started calling each other names and, God. you know, being typical boys, I Say guess. Say some of those names, Carrie. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't what know. What do you think they, they might have been? I don't know. I 1954? Don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What could they be? You red fink. 
I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's more like 30s gangster. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Well, the Rattlers won the first game, 16 to 14. Oof. Ooh. High scoring affair. Yes. So then back in in the mess hall for lunch, they thanked God for their win. <laughs> and then came the name calling. And the groups also sang derogatory songs about each other. Ah, but they wrote original songs right there. <laughs> Probably made them up there on the spot. And then the Rattlers won the tug of war contest. It, that was that evening after, I don't know, whatever. And after they left the tug of war field, the Eagles took their flag. They went to the baseball thing, the baseball diamond, took the Rattlers flag and burned it. Whoa. This was like a declaration of war yeah. when you burn yeah. the Rattlers flag. flag. That's, hmm. The next morning, there was actual physical fist no, fighting. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. like a, a rumble. Uh huh. Where? And the counselors had to separate them. I don't know. Did they probably meet a half mile hall. outside of each. One? <laughs> probably at the mess hall or something. Oh, so they're they're they, together they, now. They were brought together. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, wow. but they're, well, they're in their own tents, plotting revenge against the probably opponents. And they had. Oh, I love the idea of an eleven year olds having a rumble. Yeah, I hope there were shivs involved. I'm I'm just. They hadn't gotten their knives yet, Damn so no. No, but homemade stuff. Come on, yeah, man. They're resourceful. The next... He's got a toothbrush. Let me sharpen it. The next baseball game and tug of war were both won by the Eagles this time. <laughs> and that night, the Raiders, or the Rattlers, decided to raid the Eagles' cabin. Mm. Like After midnight. Like, super late at night. Super scary. They, like... Came in wearing camouflage. I don't know really? what they did. They put mud in their Probably. face. They got a bunch of bars of soaps and pillowcases and cans of Coke. They came in beating the like, shit out of them. Hooping and hollering, entering through windows and stuff, scared the shit out of the Eagles. Yeah. They should have been ready. Should have had a lookout. Yeah, they weren't ready. They were like overturning beds. They stole some kids' jeans. And when they went into the to the cabin, there was like this big bright flash of light which was probably also very scary for the boys why what what was it flash bomb they had flash bombs i don't Tell know they had flash bombs so it was super scary yeah the next day the eagles raided the rattlers cabin wait there was no response from that from you know randy the guy who wears two shorts and doesn't wear underwear and sometimes splices legs and you can see his nuts that camp counselor he didn't they didn't say anything to the kids about what just happened were they oh did they they weren't snitches they didn't tell anyone they just plotted revenge i don't know uh, you're asking questions that i'm gonna answer later sorry. am i sorry sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> we can cut that out no that's not so the next day or i'm guessing it's the next day or whatever the eagles raid the rattler's cabin when they're not in there and they dump mud in it so that they'd fail their inspection. Just mud. Mm-hmm. That's not very imaginative. I can think of other things they could have Well, done. when they went back. Literally dumped there. And when, they didn't. When they went back to their camp, cabin, the Eagles, mm-hmm. they filled their socks with rocks. Nice. So they'd be ready. Nice. For See? when the Rattlers I like it. came back to retaliate. These kids know prison life. They're ready. Yes. They're ready for the big house. Yeah, that's. I. You know, I don't know. So it turns out the counselors were manipulating the scores in the contest <gasps> to keep the competition really kind of close. How do you manipulate tug of war? 
they trip a kid? Well, they probably weren't manipulating that, but they were. They could manipulate cabin inspection. That's they true. could manipulate the song and that shows. And, no, sorry, you songs. weren't that funny. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Or yeah. the baseball, they they probably had an umpire, right? So it's like some really bad balls and strikes, like today with major league umpires constantly. Sure, Dean's got a beef there. I do. Use the goddamn robot umps, you idiots. Now they're not going <laughs> to use it this year. I just found out, or next year rather. Just sorry. so annoying. Sorry about that. So in the end, guess who won the overall competition? Rattlers, the first team there. They're more prepped. They're more ready. They're harder. Well, that's why they had the Eagles win. What really? That's the whole that's the reason they they skewed it toward the Eagles? They they thought the Eagles would be devastated if they lost. And why? that they would just crumble completely. Oh, because they're a bunch of mama's boys. Well, and they were the ones who were made soft. Okay. The rattlers, they were hard, they were tough, they, were a they could bit take more it. Sensitive. Because okay. I, you know, it seems like maybe some of them were already feeling not so great about stuff that was going on, and some of them even wanted to leave. Hmm. Maybe their name. So should I think not that's be why Eagles. Maybe it should be little bitches. Maybe. I'm just... Well, the the researchers wanted to keep it going because they weren't done with their experiment. <laughs> they had six more grueling months planned. <laughs> they thought if some of the Eagles left then it would ruin the whole thing. It would. You can't lose a lot of your experimentees. So while the Eagles were out celebrating their win, local bar, I don't know where they went, but (laughs) they were were celebrating. And the Rattlers came and raided their cabin again. And they stole their medals and their knives. That's... They should have taken their knives with them. They should have have taken everything with them. They should have expected that before they went to the local bar. They should have. They're innocent. Mm. They overturned their beds, ripped up comic books. And That's then, going too far. Some of those comic books will be worth a lot of money nowadays. I know. The last straw, they let their canoes loose in the lake. Wow. What are you going to do? Swim out the 100 feet to, to get the canoes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how big the lake was. So when the Eagles got back to their cabin and they found the mess, they ran to the Rattler's cabin and nice. thus ensued Another big physical fight. I love this 1950s do-it-yourself. No one ran to Counselor Randy with the no underwear and short shorts. They ran to get, you know, to confront their opponents. Well, I think by this point, the boys had learned these adults are not intervening to help us. (laughs) Randy does not give a shit. (laughs) Exactly. We're on our own, people. Kids, kids. It's just us. (laughs) Clearly, they weren't. We're never going home. So, but at this point, the the counselors did have to intervene and basically separate the boys to stop the fighting. And then the next day, they kept them apart completely so that they could all calm down because <laughs> everybody was super upset. <laughs> so, and the boys hated each other so much that they were in the, like, the mess hall together and they were, like, hurling insults and having food fights. Jesus. <laughs> This is exactly what Sharif wanted. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know if he, he wanted... I guess he did, didn't he? Yeah. This is proving his point. Or yes. Something. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, now Sharif wants to show that these groups hate each other, but he wanted to show that that he could get them to reconcile if they have to come together to solve a shared problem, mm-hmm. right? That that one group wouldn't be, be able to do on their own. That's why today we have peace in the Middle East. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. So they improvised a problem. 
All of the camp's water supply came from a reservoir, like on top of a hill or oh, whatever. I, I said, let's control uh-huh. the water. So one, so the next morning, they announced, uh-oh, we're not getting any water. There, no water's coming out of our whatever pumps. Mm-hmm. So they asked for volunteers. You know, who will help us go up the hill to figure out what's going on with the reservoir up there? Turns out all the boys volunteered. <laughs> they need the expertise of a bunch of 11-year-olds. <laughs> you guys know somersaults. You know canoeing. You've done a lot of tug-of-war. You can figure out a reservoir and water pump maintenance. There were only four adults. Jesus Christ. At the camp. Good yeah. Lord. There was like a caretaker guy and his wife there. But, but he was old. He was curmudgeonly. All he, the he camp staff all. was, I think they were doing the caretaker, like the wife made oh, the food and stuff. But. Did they Scatman Crothers him and chop him in the chest with an axe <laughs> at one point? I, tell all me the, one of the kids is going to axe the, the custodian. All the Please. camp staff was Sharif's researchers. So there were only four of them. No, the, the, uh, so, the caretaker. That's no, not I know. Okay, yeah. Someone's got to put an axe in his chest <laughs> at some point because he knows he's trying to help him. This, he, isn't, can't this isn't a horror movie. This is. I'm going to make it one. A social psychology experiment. Mm, it's a little of both. So anyway, all the boys wanted to help figure out how to get their water back. Because it's hot there at Robbers yeah. Cave State Park. And they're thirsty. Yeah. So at first it was kind of tense. And they weren't getting along real well. So all so how many kids are there? Is there 12 each? Yeah. There's, so they're dragging 24 kids up the trail up the hill to the reservoir? Yeah. Really? Yes. Because again, they might need the expertise well, in water maintenance of those kids. It turned out that like rocks had fallen oh. in air quotes on the line. Yeah. And so that's what was causing the okay. water to not be flowing they anymore. They should have told the kids that. Oh, we we're, hey, it's all hands, so we're not gonna have any water. Just throwing that out there. Well. It's too late now, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight. So anyway, the boys eventually figure it out you know they were each like going up lugging a rock and going you know mm-hmm. getting it off and then they decided then they figured out oh if we form a line of boys oh, up oh, whatever i don't know yeah they figured it out i get you requiring cooperation mm-hmm. some of the boys had canteens with water in it because they had already filled them before the water stopped flowing or whatever but some of the kids didn't and so as they had been working together and becoming a cooperative unit, yeah. the boys with water in their canteens were kindly offering it to the boys who had none. And were, did they, did they I guess they couldn't have made sure that there was a mixture. In other words, some kids yeah. on each team had and did not have water because then they'd have to, or, or were they just offering to their waterless brethren or were they no. offering across They were offering it across teams. Okay. Across teams. That's nice. Don't know if that, any of that was manipulated by. I, I wonder. The. Researchers, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like they could have put them in the line and somehow made sure it went eagle uh-huh. snake, eagle snake, eagle snake, eagle snake, and you know, I don't know. Yeah, or or just making sure only the rattlers canteens had any water left in it. Yeah. So yeah, there that would require them sneaking in and pouring out or filling canteens. That mm-hmm. would have been weird. Yep. So that was the first problem that they had to solve together. Okay. Another one was they were going to. Rent a movie. I don't know how hard it was to rent a movie in 1954. They rented movies in 1954? Yes. There wasn't even a blockbuster. It had to be like the real. Film. Like the actual film reel. And I forget. There was like a choice of two movies. I forget what they were. Oh, I think the one they chose was Treasure Island. Everybody wanted Treasure Island. And it was going to cost 
something like $15. Oof. And the the camp staff said, we don't have the budget for this. We yeah, don't have enough money. $4,000. But I guess these kids had money. So each group came up with $3.50. Mm. So so together. So $7? The, yeah, the boys all came up with $7. Okay. And, you know, they were able to raise the money that they needed to pitch in. The other eight bucks? Yep. Nice. So they got that. And then the third thing was a truck delivering food to the camp had stalled on the way. Sure it had. It, it, it couldn't have been too far away because the boys ended up pulling the truck. Pulling the truck? Not pulling really. The truck. How do you pull a truck? Well, like they attached a rope. Yeah. And all 24 and like boys. Oxen? Like, it like was like a big old tug of war. Oxen? Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's probably why they had them do tug of war so they could. Sure, hone they their had those skills, those skills. rope pulling skills. I think you is probably a little mm-hmm. different, but that's fine. Yep. So they did that too. So at this point, they yoked them. The brakes give out. <laughs> the loving <laughs> kids are run over and killed. So while the boys didn't instantly become best friends, they were cooperative, and there was more friendly mingling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And and they were willing at this point to give each other credit for. You know, jobs well done and all that kind of stuff. And then at the very Any end... Any romances bloom? No. no. And then at the very end, the Rattlers volunteered to buy malted milks for the entire group. <gasps> what? Were the Rattlers the rich kids? <laughs> I thought you said they were kind of lower economic. How did they, they were. that? Did they sell their nine? Wait, they didn't win. Hmm. No, yeah, the Eagles won. Hmm. All right, Rattlers. So Sharif had proved what he thought he was setting out to prove. More or less. <laughs> I mean, yep. Kind of. Well, he he wrote his study up into a book, and it was published in 1961 and became a landmark social psychology study. What was it called? I don't the fucking book. know. Oh, come on, man. Uh, but it was called Brilliant, a Modern Classic, mm. Unparalleled, and Genius. Mm. It basically showed that the premise of the book, The Lord of the Flies, mm, which came out... Not long before this, right? Late, L- late 1954. 40, oh, 50, oh, it was that recent. I yeah. thought it was a couple of years old, at least. Huh. Really? Yeah. So was this in the planning stages before that book was out? Before? I'm sure, yeah. Oh, I know it was. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Great timing. Yeah. By what, Fielding? What was his name? William Fielding? Yeah. No, William Golding. Golding. I mean, basically, he thought that People were evil, right? Yeah, he did. And and that it, it devolved. It was natural. Yeah. Yeah. And Sharif thought that the fighting wasn't due to something inherent in human nature, but it was because society forces us to compete for scarce resources. For, yeah. Yeah. And that's what causes it. However, huh. Sharif's report wasn't really the full story <gasps> of his experiments. What? Cheating in academia? 1954 wasn't the first experiment that he did what? along these lines with the Rockefeller money. Ooh. Is that what is, it was? Yeah. Is that what I said? It's a hot, was there a cover-up? Well, I don't know if that's what you would call this, this but he, he actually did two earlier studies. What? The first one was in 1949 in Connecticut, and this one was basically just like let's try this out and see how it goes. It yeah. was, it was, I don't think this was necessarily supposed to be his main study, uh-huh. but still. pilot study, yeah. see how it goes, ended in horrific bloodshed. 
didn't chimps ate faces. This is Connecticut after all. It was it was gruesome. It was not well good. in this the original nineteen forty nine one, it was real quick and because he found he could produce the group conflict, but he couldn't get them to cooperate. Uh, they they hated each other. So it was more and, Lord of the Flies. Yes. Okay. Yep. So he stopped that one early on. Hmm. And then Yeah, because it wasn't going his way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and then, sleazy. So 1953 was the second one. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it took so long. <laughs> to recover from the first one. To convince the Rockefeller Foundation to give him more money. Because they're going, ooh, that didn't go well. He didn't Before, tell them. He didn't tell them how to end it. He says, because, no, you know what? I just ended it. I just didn't. I wasn't feeling good about it. Some kids got sick. You probably didn't tell them anything about it. It's outbreak of cholera. So in 1953, they made the mistake of allowing the boys to be all together from the beginning oh yeah you can't how are you gonna get group conflict if you're all together from yeah the beginning? so what they did was the you know all the boys were together in one camp and mm. the researchers they, they, they had like 12 researchers that time and they were observing them to see which boys became friends mm. and then when they said okay now yeah. we're going to separate you into two groups they made sure to separate the friends which that's seems counter i know so, well, yeah, the, this odd. was one of their mistakes. Yeah, that's a pretty dumb mistake, given mm-hmm. what their hypothesis was. That makes no sense. Yep. And the staff was very manipulative this time mm-hmm. as well. So they they separated the groups, and then the staff would do things like go into the cabins and steal clothing oh. and cut up. They cut up one of the group's flags. They were trying to start the fights oh. between the kids. They crushed one group's tent they threw suit, the kids' suitcases into the bushes. They wore hoods and beat the <laughs> shit out of Billy and blamed it on Scott from the other team. And they broke one poor kid's ukulele. Oh, my God. Yes. And he was from Hawaii. When one team lost at the tug of war, they weren't upset. They said, the other team was just better than us. They, they deserved <laughs> to win. <laughs> they weren't sore losers. This is not working. Yep. And when the clothes were lost, because the... Researchers threw them in the bushes. They didn't blame the other group. They mm. said, "Oh, there must have been some kind of mix-up with the laundry." Is it was it because, or they they determined that it was because there was some kinships between them? They like, I know Scott and and hey, Bill, don't you know Kevin? Yeah, and those guys are good guys. We they, were friends with those. Yes. They couldn't have done those things because they already knew the kids. Yeah, so, so you need yes distrust and unfamiliarity yep. to breed this kind of group conflict. And when one group's cabin was vandalized, the you know the the kids got together to talk about it. And the other group swore it wasn't them. We didn't do this. They believed them. It's a good point. They have a good case. <laughs> let's just uh, let's just settle this amicably. So I while like these it. are eleven year olds thrust into this outdoorsy environment, right? Be wild, all that kind of stuff. These were pretty smart kids. Yeah. They started growing suspicious <laughs> of <laughs> the camp counselors. <laughs> nice, and even got to the point of accusing them of manipulating them. I love it. They said, is this an experiment? Are oh you trying God. to see how we'll no. react? They really said literally yes. experiment. Is this an experiment? Was that? I'm trying to think. How common did the you know, For, I know. population know about experiments? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there had been. There had yeah. been a lot of experimentation during World, and after World War II. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So they basically couldn't get them to fight hmm. enough to then have to you know, manipulate some reason for them to come together. So they dosed it with acid and abandoned him in the forest, <laughs> right? 
know they, they aborted the study. <laughs> you can go home. You guys are not cooperating. <laughs> yeah. Are not, not cooperating. And we don't like it. There's an Australian science historian named Gina Perry who got a hold of all of the research notes mm-hmm. from this stuff. And I think originally when she started looking into it, she thought it was just going to be the robber's cave experiment. Mm. But when... Oh, because, so his notes going back with the other experiments. Yeah, because the previous two, the 49 and 53 oh. st- th- camps, were never written up into just anything. In, in original note form. Yeah. Thank God for record keeping. Yeah. So she got all of that kind of stuff, and she ended up tracking down some of the boys. Hmm. And how? When was this? When did she do this? Yeah. I don't know, like but... Decades later or... Oh, yeah, like very recently. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was talking to old men in okay. their 70s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they would have been born like 1940-ish, a little bit after. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she's written a book called The Lost Boys. Mm, those are vampires, so I'm a little confused what's I know, happening here. But now. I would kind of want to read it. But her name is Gina Perry. She's Australian. So she did talk to some boys from the... I don't know if she, I don't think she found anybody from the 49 study, but she found some from the 53 and the 54 study. And she also talked to some of the researchers. So think about how old they mm, were. Wow, 412. And Maybe they were vampires. One boy from the 1953 study said, it was a crazy study run by crazy people <laughs> trying to make the boys fight with each other. And that we basically had to cooperate with each other because we were looking out for ourselves. Damn. Because we didn't feel like the adults were were doing anything. Billy, you, know? you didn't let him get away with that? You just called you? <laughs> huh, you're a pussy. Okay, if, I mean, if you want to just let him, okay. And she found, you know, like in the researcher's notes, I guess they were having nightly meetings during the 1953 camp. And the the researchers kind of devolved into arguing about the ethics of what they were doing. They were manipulating the kids. Ironically, the kids were experimenting <laughs> on the researchers. It was the researchers who exhibited the group conflict and started arguing with one another. Well, ironically, it. it was the groups were the kids versus the researchers, really. <laughs> that was the conflict, really. And so one assistant... Which makes sense. If, if the bad things are happening to you... You do often blame Band. the people in authority, yeah. right? So that would be the councils yeah. and, and the, the erstwhile councils, right? Uh-huh. In this case, also, they didn't know. They were literally researchers. They're just people yeah. who worked for yes. the camp. Okay. Yeah. And the kids who maybe didn't like each other because we were competing, but yeah. we're going to band together, yeah. right? So Sharif didn't figure that one out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So one of the research assistants said he thought they were going too far in in manipulating that this isn't how you conduct a study we're supposed to observe yeah. the natural behavior of the kids whereas we're influencing them we're trying to make them do things and make them respond to to what we're doing and so from then on sharif excluded that guy from the meetings <laughs> okay. he wasn't allowed to come and he uh, probably wasn't there for the no, robber's 54. cave experiment huh. so um so the ro- the the robber's cave right up was very well received because, and it seemed to get the result that he wanted. But here were some of the things that he omitted from his Ooh. report. Early on, when the groups were separate, they were separate, but they knew that the other one existed, but it was right before they were brought together. The kid, I don't know which group, one of the groups had a birthday. And so the caretaker's wife made a birthday cake, and they were going to have a little little celebration in the mess hall. And... 
they were, you know, singing songs, having a great time. They knew the other group existed and said, hey, we got enough cake. Why don't we invite those other boys to come have some cake with us? She made a big ass cake. Jesus. Researchers said, no, this is just for you guys. Okay. So this tells you that the boys didn't immediately say, hey, we hate those guys on the other end of the park, right? And then um, when the boys were told about the competition, there was going to be a competition between the two groups. One kid said, maybe we could just make friends with those guys. (laughs) 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 Kind of like, do we have to compete? Can't we just have fun? Kind of, you know, attitude. And they didn't really fight about the competition they were fighting more about the cabin rating and the flag burning and the medals being stolen. It wasn't so much, we hate you because you beat us at baseball. Yeah. Yeah, but that's still conflict, what you're describing. So Yes, but that conflict was very much egged on and oh. manipulated by the researchers. The, the researchers didn't, like, I mean, there was, there was no researcher intervention in them deciding to raid opposing cabins, though, right? Uh, that, they I, didn't like, hey, I have an idea. I don't know. I'm just throwing this. I'm spitballing. But maybe you guys. I did. think there was because really? you asked me what that bright flash of light was. Uh-oh. And A researcher was with them. What? And he was trying to stay hidden, but I think the Rattlers knew he was with them. He, it was his camera. He was taking pictures. Oh. Yeah. Of the mayhem. Uh-huh. Nice. And so, so I wonder if they did just slightly suggest. Here's mm-hmm. an idea. And even if they didn't, the kids know, the adults are seeing everything we're doing, and yeah. there's no ramifications for yeah. it. So we can do whatever we want. We're not yeah. going to get in trouble. In fact, they kind of okay. seem to like it. From an experimental standpoint, that's probably okay. That sure. They because they're just trying to see. Yes. If they're all in in the real world, that would more or less be true. States do terrible things and yes. are rarely punished for it. It's also not normal camp behavior. You expect counselors to try to teach the kids lessons and mm-hmm. about what they're doing and how to behave properly and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, after one of the raids, when the the first time I think the Rattlers raided the Eagles' cabin, the Eagles went. You asked. So the next day they did their, they dumped the mud. You asked, wouldn't they just go to the adults? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And the adults said, meh, we don't care. Eh, We're not going to do it. You're on your own, punks. They were, the kids were suggesting punishments. Really? For the rattlers. And the researchers said, no, we're not going to do anything. Were you to go retaliate, <laughs> I'm not saying that it would be any repercussions for that either, but that's entirely up to uh-huh. you. The boys thought that it was unfair that there weren't any prizes for the losers mm. in the end. You know, they probably thought we're all out here doing our best. Participation awards. Yeah. Very popular now. Yeah. So see, guys. Yeah. Kids expected them in the 50s, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just orange slices and Capri Suns, <laughs> all right? Give them a ribbon. After baseball games, the winning team would volunteer three cheers for the losers. Wow. And, and they, they did, said losers, though, with kind of a, mm, you know. They did show good sportsmanship. Now in the baking, in the in the kids' baking competition, they say the less successful effort is what, what it typically <laughs> is. Not the loser, the less successful. The slightly less successful. They're all successful. But this one that isn't edible, it's less successful. Uh-huh. Well, in the end, the boys were all just glad that the fighting was over. And in the very end, the Eagles, who, who were the winners, gave three cheers for the Rattlers. Mm. And then, as we know, the Rattlers bought malted milks for Malta everybody. Malted milks, yeah. Which sounds delicious. 
So Sharif, you know, through the entire thing, he kept fanning the flames of the fighting. He didn't want, because he didn't want any spontaneous reconciliation between the boys until mm. they could do the the shared, you know, we got to cooperate to get the water oh, back right. kind of stuff. So in Gina Perry's book, she tracked down and interviewed a bunch of the boys. Like I said, the 1953 boys figured it out. So they knew this was, you know, we were being manipulated. The 1954 boys had no Still. idea. So they nope. didn't read the book. Nope. It and was an obscure. There's no of, reason why they would. They weren't yeah. identified. No. Obviously. Well, if they had, they certainly would have known that this was about them, I'm sure. But then but who's going to read this? Self-sociology yeah. academic publications. Yeah. No. And clearly none of their parents did either. So when she tracked down some of them, they had tons of questions for her. You know, she said, here, they get this letter mm. from this Australian researcher saying she's writing a book about this experiment they were involved in as a child. And they're like, what <laughs> the heck are you talking about? They had no idea they were even part of an experiment. So she met with some of them and they were asking her questions like, how the heck were we recruited? How did they convince our parents to allow us to do this? And some of them thought, oh, it's an experiment. Like it was some sort of test that they were being tested and they wanted to know how they did. (laughs) (laughs) But so Gina Perry's conclusion was that it wasn't really just to test Sharif's theory that it was basically he choreographed hmm. the whole thing. And well, the, yeah, he already had two strikes, yeah. three strikes, and he was out. The Rockefellers were going to say, uh uh-uh, uh. The adults encouraged the hostility and the fighting. Respect and fairness were discouraged. Hmm. Cursing and bullying and cheating and fighting and fighting were rewarded. So in his write up, Sharif made it seem like they were just hmm. observing natural behavior as it unfolded, but even the researchers admitted later later on that they were really egging on the boys' mm, bad behavior. Yeah, so they probably did suggest or imply something about the, the raids and things yeah. like that. Mm. And in his book, where he was talking about the physical fight over the stolen knives, and he was depicting it as proof of his theory that normally upstanding, fair-minded 11-year-olds could turn into brutal savages. Mm. He said, an observer coming across the scene would never have known that these disturbed, vicious, wicked youngsters were actually boys who were the cream of the crop in their community. (laughs) So. In truth, he'd recruited them out of reform school. Yes. Wait, yes, he did? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. (laughs) It's terrible. No, I I don't know where they, I mean, they they came from normal, yeah. Yeah, normal Middle class schools, and. Yeah. They became vicious savages. Yeah. So I guess Gina Perry is, you know, she's a science writer. Writer. Mm -hmm. And she said when she went to school, she never, in her psychology classes, she never read anything about the robber's cave experiment. But when her daughter went to school, it was listed. I mean, it was included in some of her Hmm. classes so it's not like one of those you know Forgotten. most famous okay. yeah. studies like the milgram study yeah. or you know some of the other ones but it predated those a little bit yeah so. she said it basically just depends on who you, who your teachers are huh. and if they want to include it in their class or not so well now they, they sh- almost all of those ones too it turns out some of the I know. perceptions of those yeah what really happened is not completely true i know well now with her book it 
should probably be written up quite differently in this, the in the textbook. Yes, this instance in particular should have a very different veneer to it. It does not yeah. prove group conflict uh, hypothesis yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not to say that kind of hypothesis isn't true. It's just that he had to go to manipulative right. means to, yes. to make it true and to make it happen. So yeah. I don't know. Well, interestingly, she talked a little bit about uh, William Golding, mm-hmm. who wrote Lord of the Flies. He was a teacher at a boys' school, I think, in England. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he took a group of boys out, I don't know, somewhere in England, mm-hmm. some remote area, where, Southwark, I think. where there was some sort of I'm joking. structure. Where where'd you say? Southward. So oh. South South London. So no, probably not. Yeah, no. I don't know. Where. Or or maybe. And Manchester. I don't know how old the boys were, but they were young boys. And so he, you know, divided them into groups. And one group he said, Your job is to defend this structure. Hmm. I'm imagining some old stone, you know, fortress or something crumbling. Mm-hmm ruins and the other group of boys you guys are supposed to raid it Hmm. and so he i think he wanted to observe their behavior and use you know get ideas for the lord of the flies Mm -hmm. and he they he said he was surprised at how seriously they took these you know made up roles that he made up for them but yeah well, that's the Milgram things that have, have, you know, yeah. people fall into positions of yeah. authority, they abuse it. Yep. So that, I mean, which is so. a different hypothesis than, than the group conflict thing, although the Golding thing and this story were, were more the kind of group hypothesis dynamic, Yeah. I suppose, right? Not the authority thing. No, and, and Golding's theory was they'll become savages mm-hmm. and, you know do horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they actually did to each other, but anyway. I don't either. Yeah. I don't think I want to know. That's an interesting story, Carrie. Thanks, Dean. The robber's cave experiment. Mm-hmm. So is it considered kind of, is it still considered when, when it is spoken of, is it thought of as how kids do terrible things and group conflict is inherent or is it thought of as a screwed up experiment that wasn't what it said it was? I don't really know. Hmm. I guess it's a little bit of both. Yeah. In a sense, isn't it? You know what it is? It's weird. It is weird. So thank you for bringing it to our weird world listeners. Appreciate it. It's also pretty clear this could not happen today. No, it would never happen today. Which is probably a a good thing. Mm, I don't know. I think things would be a little bit loosey. Loosey goosey. No, you don't. (laughs) Come on, man. People got to find out. We need answers. Well, thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Dean. Appreciate that. Um, I guess that wasn't one of our, you know, kinder, gentler episodes. That was. I think bit, it was. I don't think it was, but it wasn't. No, but you're right. It wasn't anything about murder. There was no mayhem. great damage done. No, I suppose not. Just to their psychology. No, and <laughs> I don't think any of the boys had any lasting effects. Yeah. So hope uh-uh. not. I hope not. Nope. Mm, Billy still had nightmares up until the '60s, so we'll see. All right. Thank you, Carrie. Until next time. You're welcome, Dean. Thanks for listening, everybody.